Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 18, Episode 13, The Elephant in the Room. We learned this episode of Cody's profound wisdom that you just can't jam square pegs into round holes. And that's exactly what Cody felt he was doing with plural marriage. We also learned this episode that both Mary and Janelle struggle with the spiritual sides of their separations. They have major trepidation about breaking their covenants because in their faith, marriage is eternal. It's forever, even in the afterlife. Janelle feels her marriage to Cody, it had an expiration date. Her relationship had an expiration date. Cody hasn't been to Janelle's house in 10 months. And Cody makes it clear that Robin completes him. He and Robin are one and nothing and no one will tear them apart. Cody says if his kids want their dad, Robin is part of the deal. In other words, if the kids want Cody to invest in them as their father, they have to bow down to the shop lady and show her some deference. Janelle feels like Cody gravitated to Robin because it was easy with her. They thought similarly, Cody and Robin. But Janelle feels that Cody should have continued to grow more as a plural husband to meet the needs of all of his wives, not just the favorite. That's what Cody signed up for as plural husband, of course, to meet all the needs of all of his wives, not just one wife. That's what he signed up for as plural husband. And Janelle knows she is done with Cody. She doesn't want him coming back. She is over it. Christine is loving the single life and she loves her relationship with Janelle. Christine says Janelle made a choice to support her. And when Christine first wanted to leave and she had that conversation with all of the adults, Janelle cried when she found out about it. And she worried about her kids wondering, what am I going to do? And she decided then and there to be a unit with Christine for their kids. So Janelle and Christine both very much appreciate their sister-wife relationship. And Christine says they are the only part of their original plural family that survived. Christine says Cody and Robin, they're living monogamy now. And Mary isn't part of that equation. This episode, Janelle points out that plural wives have no legal leg to stand on. They have no protection or security under the law. So when they want to leave a marriage, because they aren't legal wife and it's all just spiritual, they aren't protected. It's very interesting how hard Robin pushed to be legal wife, how she convinced Mary to take that legal status from her and to take it for herself so that Cody could adopt her kids. And miraculously, they moved to Flagstaff, Arizona, a 50-50 state. So if Robin decides to leave as legal wife, she gets half of everything. She doesn't have to worry about not getting her fair share, about not being financially secure, about not having assets. She's legal wife. She's protected under the law. Janelle isn't protected. Mary isn't protected. And unless Cody, as the husband, decides to do the right thing and make sure these women get what should be theirs financially, they're screwed. Legally, they have no leg to stand on. Janelle knows that. Janelle knows it'll never happen, but he wishes that plural wives could have legal marriages to have that protection should they want to leave so that they could have alimony, they could have child support, they could have assets. Everything is covered legally and all the wives are protected if they get to have that legal status. Christine picks up that Janelle is saying that if she were a legal wife to Cody, then she could leave Cody and she would get half of everything without having to worry about her financial security, without having to worry about her assets. Janelle knows she has to fight hard to get her estate separated so that she can leave. Janelle feels that women should be empowered in plural marriage. They should be getting that legal protection. Cody says each wife owns 25% of Coyote Pass along with him. Mary explains that she's attached to one property on Coyote Pass and Janelle's attached to two properties on Coyote Pass. She says they don't own the properties outright, but Mary believes that things are just going to shake out fairly 
and Janelle doesn't think so. She doesn't feel she has financial choices now. She wants to leave. She has no home to sell so that she has some type of financial security to leave. So she doesn't have choices. Christine says Janelle is still with Cody because she has nothing in her name, no asset in her name that she can liquidate the way that Christine could. When Christine wanted to leave, she had her house in her name and she could just sell it and take the proceeds and start her new life. And Janelle doesn't have that option. All of her finances are tied up in the land. All of her credit is tied up in the land. And if they don't pay this off, it's going to royally screw Janelle. Not only will she have no assets and financial security, it's going to fuck up her credit royally if they don't get this land paid off. So even Christine acknowledges Janelle can't just leave even if she wants to. She has nothing in her name and that's why she's still with Cody. The episode opens with McKelty having a video chat gender reveal with her whole family, including Cody and Goblin and all of the kids. Christine doesn't care if Cody and Robin are included, but she knows there is a lot of friction between some of the older kids and Cody and Robin. McKelty announces that she is having fraternal twins and both are going to be boys. Janelle hopes that they can all be cordial and they can all adult during this phone call with Tony and McKelty. It's about Tony and McKelty. It's not about the whole family. Janelle says regardless of the last conversation in the text thread that went horrendously, in that interaction, that was a text thread. It was impersonal. They weren't looking at each other in the eye and there wasn't a central focus to rally around. And this time, everyone is looking each other in the eye and they're there for Tony and McKelty. So this is a different situation and Janelle hopes it goes well. Cody's really nervous because he hasn't had a positive experience with some of his children. So Cody is going into this and he is just focusing on Tony and McKelty and babies. And Robin is hoping that the kids seeing her with Cody and their smiles and she says their encouragement will help them to realize that she isn't the bad guy. Yeah, just smile a lot. Smile a lot and hold back the crocodile tears and everyone is just going to love you. You're going to win everyone over. Just smile and be fake positive. That'll work. For some, probably seeing Robin's Mr. Potato Head face is going to be a trigger, honestly. Just seeing her face, it doesn't matter if she smiles. It doesn't matter if she does her crocodile tears. I think just her face would be a trigger, honestly, knowing how manipulative she is and knowing the problems that she causes. Next, a very monotone Aurora who looks like she is being held in a hostage video. She looks so traumatized, but she wants to speak up on behalf of her mom. And she looks very just constrained in the face as if she's just constipated as fuck. And she looks just super traumatized and super affected. She wants to speak up on behalf of her mom and all the efforts she has made. And it sounds like Aurora is reading from a hostage statement. Aurora says, no matter what anyone believes or feels, the truth is that Robin, her mom, has been one of the biggest, if not the biggest cheerleader for good, healthy relationships and correspondence between dad and the kids and dad and the other wives. Just like Robin doesn't seem to know her place and when to zip it, it seems the same goes for Aurora. The apple really didn't fall too far from the tree. Sure, Aurora, we believe you. If that had one ounce of truth to it, it would be readily obvious to all of us. And this woman's daughter wouldn't be sitting there looking terrorized as fuck like she is reading a prepared statement to improve her mother's optics. That's such bullshit, and it's really not Aurora's place to interfere or to speak for her mom or her dad, and it just makes things look even worse. Janelle thinks that it's great that Robin and Cody are participating in the call, and she says Cody and Robin, they're a couple, and she has no problem with them being a couple at family functions, with family milestones, with events, with video chats. She doesn't care if they're a couple. McKelty wants her family to still be a family despite the separation, and she's really glad that they all got together for her gender reveal video chat. Cody, the patriarch, he wants it known that he would be just as happy with McKelty having two twin girls as he is with her having two twin boys. 
Cody says the video chat was bittersweet. It was mostly sweet, but he admits he started out in a state of paranoia and anxiety over the contempt that has been thrown in his direction. That paranoia and anxiety Cody feels is stuff Cody manufactured in his own unhealthy mind because he carries all that guilt and all the weight of his toxic behavior. I think Cody knows if he acted right, if he was decent to his wives and his kids, if he tried to do what is right by them, that anxiety and that paranoia wouldn't be there. Cody is anxious because he knows he is being toxic and you get what you put out into the universe. And Cody is very toxic to people. And the result is him treating people badly and then him receiving back anger in return and then him feeling anxious and paranoid because he knows he is in the wrong. If Cody acted right, he wouldn't have to feel paranoid all the time around his family and he wouldn't have to look behind him scared of shadows he created with his own bad behavior. Cody isn't the victim here. No one is giving him unwarranted contempt. His kids aren't angry or resentful towards him because they are mad about his love for Robin or because they hate Robin. They have contempt for Cody because he hurt them repeatedly. He neglected them to invest so much more with Robin and her kids. Cody was toxic and neglectful to the mothers too. And the kids love and respect their moms and they see the hurt Cody's favoritism causes to them and to their moms. And they also see how manipulative Robin is and they have resentment and they are hurt and they are angry. They are anxious themselves because they don't want to get hurt anymore by a man they no longer recognize who doesn't see their value and invest accordingly in them. The boogeyman Cody fears so much, all that anxiety and paranoia comes from within himself. He is the boogeyman. He is creating the situation. Cody's kids love him. Cody shouldn't fear them. He should fear himself, the devil he thinks he is, and that devilish behavior he does. McKelty is very idealistic. She wants her family to completely reconcile, and she would like for all of them to be one unified family. McKelty thinks they all need each other. She thinks Robin's kids need Janelle's kids and Christine's kids and Mary's kid, and they all need each other. And McKelty thinks that they all need their moms, too. McKelty seems to be the neutral one who wants everything to be well and ideal and good all of the time. And that's great. That's wonderful to be idealistic. But realistically, the chances of that ever happening are none. And I get why McKelty is idealistic and why she wants that, but it's never going to happen. And it doesn't jive with reality, and it probably never will. Maybe that's why McKelty and Robin get along. They both seem to picture the ideal and hope for it in reality when there is not a snowball's chance in hell. Janelle says Cody doesn't have much contact with many of these people in these boxes on McKelty's video call. He rarely even talks to them. Cody says Tony and McKelty, they love him. They love Robin. They know that they have a really good relationship with Tony and McKelty, so that made everything with the video call okay for Cody, and he did it for Tony and McKelty. Janelle hopes that everything will one day get to the point where they will all get together in person again. Christine reveals she isn't interested in getting back together again for something yet. She is willing to be cordial, but right now she's not willing to do any more than that. And Christine really isn't interested in more right now. Cody says someday their family civil war may end. And then that contempt can be dealt with. Cody says he and Robin will be together. No one can separate them. And Cody says his kids, they want their dad, but they don't want Robin. And that just won't work for him. He says he and Robin will be together and... They will work this out, but he and Robin come as a package deal. That's the relationship they will be in, and no one can tear them asunder. The kids didn't get to choose to be born into a plural family. They didn't get to pick their parents 
or life situations, and really no one does. Cody is their father, and the kids may not all feel like Robin is their mother. They may want a relationship with their dad and not with Robin beyond civility at least. And Cody should accept that Robin can't force herself on people, and she really doesn't need to be shoved down Cody's kids' throats. Cody should love his kids enough to respect their comfort levels and their wishes regarding Robin. Some kids might want to just have a relationship with him. And the kids wanting no relationship with Robin shouldn't prevent Cody from respecting that boundary and still having a relationship with his kids. It seems like Cody is insisting that Robin is a package deal with him. And if the kids want relationships with him, it's required that they have a relationship with Robin too. If his kids want a relationship with their dad, that's another hoop for them to jump through. And that's not fair. The kids' relationships with their parents shouldn't include them having to also be close with their dad's wife. That shouldn't be a prerequisite for a relationship with their dad, that they have to have a relationship with Robin or be deferent to her to have access to him. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's appropriate. Janelle doesn't know where Mary was during McKelty's gender reveal video chat. Cody always thought Mary and McKelty were good. Christine says that the older kids choose who they want to have relationships with and McKelty just isn't comfortable with everyone in the family. And she says Mary won't be involved in the other milestones for McKelty or her children. So we know the people Mary are mainly tied to in the family are basically Robin and her kids. We also know from becoming sister wives that Christine and Mary got into an argument that forever changed their relationship and it was over Mary supposedly targeting Christine's kids and overdoing the discipline with them. And some of the older kids aren't so close to Mary. We know that. So Christine wrote in Becoming Sister Wives about the argument with Mary. She wrote, About a year before I became pregnant with Truly, I had a devastating argument with Mary. For a while, I'd been feeling that she was too tough on my kids. While I understand that all children need discipline, I often felt that she went too far when it came to my children. It seemed to me that she was taking her frustrations out on my kids in particular. As a result of this, many of them were wary of her and were afraid to cross her accidentally. I let this situation go on too long, and I let my emotions well up. Instead of talking to Mary calmly and explaining what I'd observed her doing and how she might fix her behavior, I exploded. I yelled and screamed and told her to stop talking to my kids and to stop interfering in their lives. Since I'm afraid of confrontation, I always allow stuff to build up till it's too late. So instead of trying to work it out with Mary, I just shut her out. This argument shattered my world and made me realize that I have always had superficial relationships with people. I've always tried to ignore problems by putting on a brave face and keeping people at a distance. This fight made me realize that I'd never honestly opened up to Mary and Janelle, but had forged our friendships out of a need to cement the sister-wife ideal I'd envisioned. After our fight, Mary and I stayed out of each other's way. We no longer sought out each other's company to watch movies or just hang out. When circumstances brought us together, we were never openly rude or hostile. We maintained a level of cordiality, but the warmth was gone. We can also recall one of Christine's daughters remembering how Mary would slam doors in the house in Lehigh so the whole house would know when Mary was angry and they'd stay out of her way. I wonder how much of Mary being unable to cope with her emotions and her expressing anger, even with the kids, led to McKelty and some of the older children wanting to refrain from including Mary in their milestones throughout life. Christine has made it clear that she felt unsafe at times around Mary, and it's possible some of the kids feel more comfortable distancing themselves from Mary as a result of her past behavior and her struggles with controlling and containing her emotions. Mary is in Parowan this episode working on remodeling her carriage house, 
again, Mary recounts the experience of her 32nd wedding anniversary with Cody that happened a few months ago. A few months ago, she and Cody went out on a drive and Cody told her that their relationship was not going to ever heal. And he told Mary he had no desire to have a relationship with her. Mary says this puts it on her now. It's in her hands. Mary explains that when she and Cody got married, they made a promise to each other. God was involved. It was a very spiritual thing, and they planned to be married for eternity. Mary wonders how much is this eternal covenant worth to her? Mary also considers that maybe has Cody possibly already broken the covenant? So she wonders, what covenant is there? Mary feels change is good, changing up is good, leveling up is good. Mary feels that she is doing some amazing things in her life and with her businesses. And so Mary is just trying to figure out what to do, what now. Mary says this is just the start and she is able to see this physical change happening with the remodel of her carriage house and she's excited about herself and about her life and about her carriage house remodel. Mary says to be eternally bound to somebody who doesn't want her, it's a lot to consider. Mary was raised in polygamy and she believes in her faith. And we have to remember that Mary was indoctrinated with the idea her whole life that marriage is sacred. Marriage is eternal. She's bound to Cody even in the afterlife. So she knows Cody is done and she can never heal her marriage. Cody isn't willing to do so. So now if Mary stays because of the spiritual part of this, it's on her. It's in her hands. And so Mary is really grappling with this, with coming to terms with what it means to leave Cody considering technically Cody made it clear he no longer is upholding their covenant. They never will be again. So Mary can stay for her spiritual reasons, for God because of her promise, her covenant, or she can recognize Cody doesn't even recognize their marriage or their covenant. He never will, and she can leave. And that's her personal spiritual issue, and she has to come to terms with that with her God or whatever it is that she believes in. Back in Utah, Christine is having a goodbye dinner with her family for Isabel. Isabel is going back home to North Carolina. She really enjoyed having Isabel there for the summer. Christine is glad that Isabel gets to see her settled and home with all of her siblings there so she can feel like it's home. Isabel eventually wants to move back to Utah. Tony asks Christine if she's dating yet. Christine never dated anybody other than Cody. Cody was the first boy she kissed, and it wasn't until after they were married. It's true. Christine wants to date, and she is frustrated. She doesn't really go out a lot. Tony and the kids are being very encouraging to Christine about getting out there, and it worked because, of course, Christine is married now to a real man, to the love of her life. Mitch is the voice of reason, of course, Tony wants Christine to do a dating profile and maybe use a fake name. And Mitch says he would be concerned about the types of people Christine is meeting online. Christine makes it clear she isn't just down for casual hookups. Christine says everyone has a past, everyone has a history. And at 50, of course, hers is really complicated, but she wants to move on with her life and leave behind the pain and the hurt and all of the frustration. She says, sometimes you just become different people and all of the adults in the family, they are just all different people now than they were. I am so glad, as we all are, that Christine got to have her fairy tale happy ending. I just think that's wonderful and amazing. What a blessing that she got to find her soulmate and her partner. I think that's awesome. After everything she went through, she deserves it. Christine explains that she will always continue being a unit with Janelle. She loves it. And Janelle says, Cody and Robin, they're wrapped up in raising their kids together. And Mary is spending more time at the Inn in Parowan. And Janelle says her kids are great. So Janelle is going to go on this road trip with Christine. 
They're invited to Christine's brother's house. They're going to drive ATVs. They're going to hang out. It's going to be awesome. During this trip, Christine asks Janelle about a comment Robin made. And I found it very interesting because I felt like this comment Robin made was really Robin focusing on invalidating Christine feeling like she was divorced. And Christine points out that maybe Robin felt like her just leaving without going through the church may have made Robin feel like that invalidated her marriage to Cody. Christine asks Janelle about what Robin said. Robin talked about how usually in the church you have to get the approval of the church elders to get a divorce. The church has to approve it. And Janelle says it's true if you're a part of the church. But Christine, she makes it clear she isn't a part of that church. She wonders if she is the only one of the adults in the family who is not in the church. And she says if they were still part of their church, then they would have to go through counseling and things like that. And then the head of the church has to agree to let you get a spiritual divorce. Christine says there is no ecclesiastical authority that she believes in that would sever her relationship with Cody or that would sever her marriage with Cody. And Christine asks Janelle, aren't all the adults not in the church anymore? Janelle says she doesn't know, but she hasn't been in the church with any of the people in the family or with any of the adults in a long, long time. Basically, Christine is pointing out Robin's hypocrisy because Christine doesn't think Cody and Robin are even in the church anymore. And certainly, Cody living monogamously with Robin while neglecting all of his other relationships, that wouldn't be acceptable to the church. And Cody and Robin aren't even really in the church and they aren't really adhering to the church's standards. So Christine wants to point out Robin's bullshit and her hypocrisy of making a big issue of Christine not going through the church. All Janelle can think of is that Robin was like a deer in headlights during that moment and she was just reacting when she blurted out to Christine about getting the church divorce. And Christine points out that when she said she felt divorced from Cody and Robin suggested that Christine wasn't divorced unless she went through the church, that Robin was thinking then that that would invalidate her own marriage to Cody if Christine could just up and leave when she wanted to. If a woman or a man is done with a marriage, no one has the power to define how you feel or what you are. No one in any church should have any dominion or authority over you to allow you or prohibit you from getting a divorce, legal wife or not. Whenever you're in a relationship, if you feel you are done, it's done. No man, no religious authority, no one on God's green earth has a right to give you permission or to prohibit you to leave or to stay. Those church elders aren't in your marriage every day and every night. It's not on them to allow you to leave. You are a free human being in a free world. It is your free will to leave if you want to. No one should have any type of authority like that over you, over your mind, over your body, over your soul, over your conscience. No fucking way. Can you imagine some asshole telling you, no, you're not allowed and you're only allowed if you jump through these hoops that I dictate to you first and only if I say so, may you do what your heart, mind, and soul wish? No one has that right. And frankly, by the way, if God exists, if some supernatural energy in the sky in everything around us exists, which is a huge if, if she does exist, she doesn't want us to be anything but happy and to be anything but loved. If you're in a relationship where you don't feel happy and you don't feel loved, go with your gut. Janelle explains how in their faith, their spiritual marriages, they mean more almost than legal marriages. They mean more. They aren't something that you can just easily decide to leave. And Janelle says there has to be something that puts teeth in the spiritual agreements they make. Those teeth, for them, obviously, it's being sealed in the afterlife and eternity, that it's for forever. Now, is the spiritual marriage going to cover Janelle when she wants to leave? 
Is the spiritual marriage going to protect her financially when she has nothing financially to leave with? Is God going to reach down and rectify it from the heavens? Or would a legal marriage have definitely been worth more than a spiritual marriage as far as protecting Janelle and protecting her assets and protecting her status as much as being a legal wife would if she were to leave? The legal wife status provides security for her kids. The spiritual wife status does absolutely nothing. Now, Christine asks Janelle if it invalidates her because she just left her marriage without doing the church thing, without going through the church process. And Janelle says no. She had to think about it a lot because her marriage to Cody isn't good. And Janelle tells Christine she doesn't think that she is even married anymore. She and Cody haven't had the official talk yet, but Cody hasn't been around for 10 months. Christine says that doesn't sound like Janelle is married. Christine really isn't trying to sway Janelle to leave Cody. Christine says even though that was the best decision she ever made for herself, she would never try to sway Janelle. Cody explains that his life has changed a lot, and he says it's interesting because he doesn't really feel like a polygamist anymore. And it's been 10 months since he has been to Janelle's house. He doesn't even know what's going on hardly half the time with Mary's life. Cody says he has all this time with Robin, and so he and Robin now have this special life together. And it's been a challenge in some respects. But now Cody loves that he has plenty of time to spend with friends. So Cody and his friend Brian are wrapping up some business today. Cody boasts that he is the one who performed Brian's wedding ceremony. Cody couldn't break his COVID protocols to go to his daughter's major surgery. He couldn't break his COVID protocols to help that same daughter move cross country to go to college. But he damn well could break those COVID protocols, Rona be damned, to go officiate his friend Brian's wedding. And he's so proud of that. He could make it to that wedding for his ego to get fed, to be in the limelight, to dance like a spastic monkey with rabies, but he couldn't make it to his daughter's major surgery. He had no problem breaking his COVID rules for Brian's wedding, though, and Cody is so proud that he officiated that wedding. Brian has a car lot in Oklahoma, so Cody sold Brian three cars, the pickup and Cody's sports car and one other car, and this sports car Cody had in episode one of the show. We all remember the original midlife crisis car. Brian and Cody do all this work to get the right hitch on the trailer, but Cody didn't measure the trailer, and the trailer is too short for the car. And Cody the genius was the one who picked the 12-foot trailer rather than the 14-foot trailer. It's the blind leading the deaf whenever Cody is in charge. Cody always fucks it up. Cody is so sad to see his car go. He seems to get much more sentimental and emotional over his car than his kids. Cody says, when you're going through a hard experience, the presence of other men who respect and love you that helps you endure that experience. And Cody says it also takes the focus off of everything going on with the family, those struggles, when he and Brian are so focused on accomplishing something. Then that helps to move him away from what is hard about his life. Cody's problem is he will never do anything hard or inconvenient. He likes things easy. He likes things convenient. He likes his ego coddled. And Cody doesn't need bullshit to distract him from the struggles, to avoid the hard spots. He doesn't need to just stick his head in the sand and sweep it under the rug. Cody doesn't need a distraction. Cody needs to inconvenience himself. He needs to face his problems head on. He needs to fix those relationships. He needs to take some accountability. But Cody is always a coward. He goes where it's easy. He doesn't like hard work. And even when Cody tries to try hard, he fucks up. He inevitably fails. Look at this situation with Brian and the hitch and the trailer. 
They go to all this trouble and they do all this work spinning their wheels to put on the right hitch and do this and do that. And then they get a trailer and Cody fails. He goes for the wrong size. He doesn't measure first. The car doesn't fit. He doesn't measure the length of the car. He only measures the width because Cody didn't think things through as usual. Cody didn't do the hard work. He didn't measure first. Measure twice, cut once. We've all heard that saying. He thought to measure the width of the car, but not the length. And he estimated. He flew by the seat of his pants. And like always, he was wrong and he failed. And Cody can't even select the right size trailer. It's no wonder he couldn't make his marriages work. Cody has said this car Brian is taking off of him. It's very sentimental to him. It's been in his life for so long. You know who's been in Cody's life for so long? Gabe and Garrison have been in Cody's life longer than this midlife crisis car, maybe. And maybe Cody should be sad about that. Maybe he should worry about fixing that instead of escaping from his problems, burying his head in the sand with this bullshit of towing this car. Cody's car is a 2002. It's 20 years old. It's a classic now. And Mary says the white sports car was Cody's baby. Cody has different memories of his sports car, like the camping trip with Janelle or driving with Gwen through Yosemite in it. Cody, of course, also remembers that he and his soulmate Robin fell in love in this white sports car. Robin also got her answer about Cody in the white sports car. The white sports car is holy, sacred, Pure as the driven snow. You guys, God talked to Robin in the white sports car. Robin says lots of fun stuff happened in that sports car. I'm sure. Cody remembers that he was driving this car when he first went public with the polygamy thing back in Utah. And they flash back to that first episode with Cody driving around in his car saying he liked marriage and he is a repeat offender. Cody says he admitted to the world that he was a polygamist when he was driving that car. Cody complains that he has spent most of his life trying to constantly fit square pegs into round holes. Cody says he forced things to fit rather than asking, is this a fit? Cody says he had to learn through his experiences in plural marriage that the square peg, it's not a good idea to pound it into the round hole. Janelle doesn't consider herself married anymore. She considers herself separate, divorced or separated. She doesn't know how to title it, but she knows she's done. Cody feels like over the past 10 months, Janelle has really made it difficult for him to feel like he is even married to her anymore. Cody says Janelle is constantly gone and he doesn't think they can reconcile. Cody doesn't disagree with Janelle about not reconciling, but he wonders if they are just giving up too easily. Cody doesn't know how he would define his marriage to Janelle. Janelle says she had such a strong spiritual connection to Cody when she married him. In the past 10 months, Cody only came over once to see the new apartment Janelle got, and he hasn't talked to Savannah since school started. Janelle hasn't heard from Cody, and Savannah hasn't heard from Cody or seen Cody for a month. She hasn't even heard from Cody. Cody admits that he hasn't been at Janelle's in 10 months, but he says it doesn't mean that he hasn't been around. Janelle has a busy life, and she says she likes her life. She likes it the way it is. She lets the dogs on the bed now. She gets to do her thing. She gets to read her book in bed, and she loves it. And Christine loves being single as well. Janelle really isn't interested in dating, not at all. She isn't looking. She doesn't even look at men. She says it's blah right now. It's too much work. She doesn't want to do it. She isn't looking and she isn't trying to even hang out where lots of single men are. She isn't looking and she definitely isn't doing online dating. Janelle feels if she were in a place where she wanted to find somebody again, 
then she would have to give it more thought to see how she would go about it. But she doesn't want to break her covenant without knowing God is completely cool with it. Janelle doesn't know how that happens, but she is waiting until she knows. She's waiting for some kind of sign to know that it's okay. Janelle explains that she had such a spiritual witness to marry Cody, and she knew without a doubt that she should marry Cody. Janelle says she was friends with Mary's family before Mary even met Cody. Uh, Janelle was more than friends with Mary's family. Janelle was married to Mary's brother, Adam. So Mary wanted Janelle to meet her new boyfriend and Cody walked in the room and Janelle felt like she remembered. Like when you've seen somebody you haven't seen in a long time and there was all of this emotion, like, oh, there you are, that feeling. And Janelle had that feeling the minute she saw Cody walk in the room. Janelle says Cody would joke saying, well, why don't you come be in our family? And Cody says, yeah, he definitely flirted with Janelle a bit. He remembers talking to her a lot and he wonders, was that flirting? He says, if they were both smiling at each other, then it must have been. Janelle says as she started to do a lot of her own study about the faith and she was embracing the faith, she told Cody, look, I think I'm supposed to be in your family. And Cody told her, okay, well, let's pray about it. And Janelle had no doubt in her mind that Cody was who she was supposed to be married to. And Christine also definitely knew that she should marry Cody. She says it was a strong spiritual witness and she had no regrets. And then when it was time to leave, it was also time to leave. And she also knew then without a doubt that it was time to go. Janelle doesn't regret marrying Cody. She knows that she didn't make a mistake in marrying him. Janelle says she would do it all over again. She didn't think these kinds of things, marriages, relationships, spiritual connections, had an expiration date. But she says it appears that her relationship with Cody might have had an expiration date. Next, Christine asks Janelle if she still has a testimony that she will live plural marriage and that that would be where she wants to be, like maybe in the future she'd find another plural marriage. And Janelle is open to plural marriage still, but she doesn't know if she will ever live it again or not because she sees no way of attaining a plural marriage. She sees no venue for that. But Janelle is definitely open to it. Janelle wonders where she would even go to pursue another plural marriage. There's nowhere to go. Christine wants to know if Janelle would welcome a marriage again right now or if she would just be done with it. And Janelle says no. She is not at all interested in reconciling with Cody. And Christine says Janelle is full on talking about leaving, like she's ready to leave. Christine reminds Janelle of an old family tradition they had before Robin came into the family. They had four days of feasting for Thanksgiving. But then when Robin came into the family, a lot of the family traditions in the family stopped. It all stopped. A lot of the family traditions changed. They stopped their Friday night dinners. Every Saturday, the family was doing things together. And Robin came into the family and it all stopped. Everything changed. And Janelle says Robin was a separate entity from them. And Cody and Robin kind of kept themselves a separate entity from them. And Cody ended up being over there at Robin's with her quite a bit, even from the beginning. Cody disagrees. He says Robin always supported their family traditions. And he says that was part of the negotiation that they made when they got married. But of course, Christine and Janelle say the family tradition stopped when Robin came into the family. Their Friday night dinners were no more. The Saturday gatherings, the four days of feasting for Thanksgiving. All that stopped when Robin came in. Robin and Cody stayed separate and Cody spent a lot of time there with Robin and he stopped being fair and equal. He stopped participating in the family traditions when Robin came into the family and he stopped prioritizing the family when Robin came in. He stopped investing in the traditions the family had so that he could invest so much in Robin and her kids. Now, Cody says 
Robin, in fact, enhanced their family traditions. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see examples of that. Because all I see is less meager, slim pickings when Robin comes in the family. Less. Each wife gets less money. Less. Less. Less family traditions. Less everything for everyone when Robin comes in the family. Because Robin gets the lion's share. That's what it looks like. What family traditions did Robin enhance for the whole family? I'd love to know. Maybe Cody feels the family traditions were enhanced because he no longer has to participate in them anymore, so it's more convenient for him. It's enhanced for him. He doesn't have to do it. Maybe that's what it is. Christine feels that Cody and Robin, they just found each other, and she thinks Cody really found a soulmate in Robin. But Christine points out that finding a soulmate doesn't work in plural marriage. Not at all. There's no space for a soulmate wife, for a favorite wife, a wife above all others in a hierarchy in a plural marriage. That doesn't work. Everyone has to be on an equal playing field, of course, for it to even possibly work. Christine explains that it felt like Cody found his soulmate in Robin and that's what he wanted That's who he wanted to be with. And Robin really didn't want to do stuff all together. She and Cody were kind of separate. And let's also not forget, Cody was prioritizing Robin and her kids. And Robin was saying, I'm not accepted by these people. They're bullying me. They're mean girls. They're ostracizing me. She was turning Cody against his other kids and wives, making it us against them and making Cody feel like he had to be very protective of her. Like he had to be on the defensive, defending her against them, us versus them. And she perpetuated that mentality with Cody that made it worse. And then she was keeping Cody all to herself and they were kind of a separate entity from the family and all the rest of the wives were still prioritizing the family. Cody moved on to prioritize Robin and her kids and the family really eroded and it didn't help that Robin refused to participate in the family traditions and the family traditions stopped. And of course, Cody loved that. He didn't want to have to go do these obligations. He probably hated doing the family traditions. Cody liked being with Robin. He liked being catered to. He liked the best customer service. He liked going where it was convenient. And Cody's main concern is his narcissistic supply and getting his ego fed. And he was getting that at Robin's house without having to do all this extra inconvenient stuff with the obstacles to his goals in life. Cody's a dickhead and his actions show it. His behavior shows it. No one stuck a gun to his head and told this man he had to be a plural husband. Cody decided he wanted to do this. He wanted a plural family. And then he married these four women. He had a boatload of kids with them. And he promised each of the wives that he was able to do this, that he was able to do things fairly and equally. And then he totally decided, fuck this, I'm out. I'm just going to do the bare minimum. I'm going to phone it in. I'm just going to go where it's easy and I can get my ego fed and customer service every day of my life. And I'm going to ignore these other places where it's hard. And he thought everyone was just going to shut up and put up with it and take it. Why? Because they believe in their faith. They did the covenants. They're supposed to be for eternity. And it's not on him. And then he put all these hoops in place to get the wives to say, I can't do this anymore, to get them to leave so he doesn't have to be the bad guy. He doesn't have to be the one who broke his covenant first. But he made it impossible. He behaved in toxic ways. He was emotionally abusive. He was neglectful to his kids. And really, once he began hurting his kids, that's when the mother said, we can no longer take this. It was not until he really began hurting the kids and traumatizing the kids and neglecting the kids that the women decided enough, no more. This hurts too much. So Christine says Robin really didn't want to do stuff together when she came in the picture. And Janelle thinks Cody is very happy to be Robin's husband. And she points out that one of the things a plural husband is supposed to do is he needs to grow beyond himself. Janelle thinks for a long time, Cody really tried hard, but somewhere along the line, he found somebody who was very much like him, who thought like him, who was more like him than anyone else, where it was easy for him. It was easy for Cody to be with Robin. 
And Cody, she says, should have continued to grow beyond that to be able to meet the needs of all the other women. And of course, he promised that he would. He promised that he would be fair and equal among all the households and with all of his wives and that all of his marriages mattered equally to him. And then he picked a favorite wife and he made it very clear. Now, Cody failed. He failed to be able to meet the needs of all of the other women. Janelle thinks Cody and Robin's relationship is great for Cody. It's what Cody wants. So Cody wants to focus there. And Janelle is fine with that because she doesn't want Cody to come back. And Janelle is sure about that. Janelle says she isn't making any decisions now, but she feels she still has a family. She just doesn't have a husband anymore. Christine says she has an amazing relationship with Janelle. It's fantastic. And Christine thinks if she and Janelle didn't figure things out, if they didn't become friends, if they didn't band together like they have, then leaving would look a lot different. Christine says Janelle, she made an obvious, definite choice to support her. And she remembers Janelle crying when they were all talking and when Christine was mentioning that she was leaving. And Janelle was very worried about what she would do about her kids when Christine first told everybody that she was going to leave because Janelle's kids see Christine as a mom. So Janelle was very concerned when Christine was going to leave. Janelle was heartbroken and Janelle was still very supportive of Christine leaving and making a new life and of Christine's well-being and she was very supportive of Christine being happy even though Christine leaving meant she was heartbroken. Janelle remained supportive and it was amazing and she decided to still want to do things with Christine and she still wanted to raise their kids together and regardless, she still wanted to be a unit together with Christine, whether she was with Cody or not. And Janelle says, honestly, at the core, the people she would be most devastated to lose, those people would be Christine and her kids. Janelle doesn't miss Cody, she doesn't miss Robin, and Janelle hasn't talked to Mary in almost a year. She hasn't talked to Mary since before Thanksgiving last year. Christine says she and Janelle, the reason they can be sister wives is that they are the only part of their plural family that survived. She says Cody and Robin live in monogamy now, and Mary isn't a part of that equation with Cody and Robin's family. Janelle says she still has her core family unit. And in her mind, it's Christine and Christine's kids and her kids and herself that are all a family unit. They are all still so connected and they always will be. So Janelle feels like there is still a core family unit here with Christine and all of the kids. And Christine says she and Janelle really, truly are sister wives. You know what's interesting is Cody kept accusing Christine and Janelle of being bad sister wives, yet they're the only two wives in the family and they're the ex-wives who still consider themselves sister wives, who still look out for each other and each other's best interests. And if they're really such bad sister wives, how are they appreciating the benefits of such a tight connection between them and their kids? Despite the leaving and the separations and the fractures and Cody's toxic behavior, the only part of the original family that survived, the heart of the Brown family, the nucleus of the family that remained intact, really it's Janelle and Christine and all of their kids. The ex-wives Cody labeled as bad sister wives, they are the ones who actually still remain sister wives. They remain the nucleus of the family. In the truest sense of the word, they are sister wives despite the separation from Cody. Janelle and Christine, they're visiting Christine's brothers, Levi and Steve in Idaho. And Christine wanted to take Janelle to Idaho specifically because she wanted Janelle to experience driving her own ATV. Janelle had a blast and Christine really appreciated seeing Janelle enjoy this. She appreciated seeing Janelle take control and she is very proud of Janelle just taking charge and having fun and going for it. And Christine wishes that for Janelle, that Janelle takes charge of her life and that she has fun and that she goes for it. 
We learned that Janelle never drove an ATV by herself. This is her first time and she enjoyed it so much. She had a great time. But Janelle has been worried that with Christine's feelings about plural marriage, that she is going to go into a situation this weekend with Christine's brothers where her brothers maybe aren't going to be super friendly about the idea of plural marriage, which Janelle is still open to. And Janelle doesn't think they will be unfriendly, but she worries that she's going to go into a weekend of having to defend her choices. Christine's brothers are a class act just like Christine. Christine explains to her brothers how close she is to Janelle, and she explains that they raise the kids together, so they're always going to be close, they're always going to do stuff together. And Christine's family, we learned that, of course, they were polygamists. They all lived in one house, and it didn't work very well. Christine's brothers remember the fights and the yelling, but Christine remembers it in an idealistic way. She explains that her dad married her other mom when she was five, so she really lived polygamy her whole life, and she loved the idea of living polygamy. Christine remembers how bad she wanted to have sister wives when she was 17, She knew by the time she was 17 that she wanted to be a third wife. Christine, she loved her community. She loved their church. And Christine says she had a great childhood. Christine's brother says seeing the struggles firsthand in polygamy, you could feel the tension in the room growing up. And it was a constant thing. There was an atmosphere in the house of worrying who was going to blow up today. But Christine, she was younger. She really never noticed the tension and she thought it was fine. But Christine says there were lots of people in the house and she remembers it always being a party. She remembers it being so much fun, but she also remembers slamming doors as a moody teenager. Christine remembers living together with Janelle when they first started out in a little trailer and another time they lived in a small house. For years, they were in the same home. And Janelle says in the beginning, all four of them lived in that three bedroom mobile home and they were idealistic and they thought they could do this. It could be a utopia family. They could make it all work. And Janelle says the trailer had thin paper walls. So there was always a lot of conflict. And Christine says there was one little tiny kitchen in a small trailer with tissue paper walls. And it was just no. It wasn't a good time. Janelle says it was miserable. Christine's brother makes it clear that he has as little to do with polygamy as possible, but he does try to be respectful. And Christine's other brother says no to polygamy too. He says one man and one woman is hard enough to manage. Christine's brother thinks polygamy has done a lot of harm. So he gets why it's illegal so they can protect girls and they can protect women. And he says it's a good thing, but he says at the same time, it's a new day. It's a new age where people need to be open and they need to be who they want to be. And people need to be recognized for who they are. Janelle thinks, although it will never happen, all you have to do is give those women in plural marriages a legal marriage because they can then divorce the guy if they want to. They can take a part of the man's assets and they would have legal protection should they decide to leave. And the man would then really have to toe the line. He knows that there would be legal repercussions. His wives could leave him and he will be financially responsible for each one of them should they want to leave. And they will have that protection and they will have that right under the law. Janelle explains in theory, a man can just ghost a wife. A polygamist husband can ghost a wife. He can just stop coming over. He can stop financially supporting her. He can stop financially supporting her household. And under the law, he isn't legally obligated. And the wife can make no legal claim on him. She is just spiritually married, not legally married, of course. And she should have a claim on him financially. Janelle says if they've been married, if they have children together, maybe then there's child support she might be entitled to or alimony. Janelle feels like it would be healthier all the way around if the women and the men in plural marriage felt like they had options and if they felt like they had legal protection. Christine says it would be harder to divorce the way she did if she was legally married to Cody, but she can see that it would be awesome to have the legal marriage as a plural wife because then you are protected. And she says Janelle is 100% right. 
And Christine asks, she asks us, do you know what Janelle is talking about here and what she is hinting at here? Christine says basically to her what Janelle is saying here is if she would have had a legal marriage with Cody, if Janelle would have had a legal marriage with Cody, if Mary would have had a legal marriage with Cody, then when it came down to leaving, it would also be a legal divorce, which would mean it would be a 50-50 split of everything and the wife would get what she was entitled to. Janelle says she is sitting here in this bind, wanting to leave, not being able to because her finances are mishmashed with everybody else's right now, tied up in the land. So Janelle has to fight hard to get her estate separated so she can leave. And Janelle feels strongly that women should all be empowered in plural marriage with financial choices, with financial power, with claim on their husband's estates. Janelle thinks that would level the playing field. And she says if they were all legally married, the courts would divide the assets based on the relationships. I agree with Janelle. If the marriages are all legal, then the wives have the protection under the law if they want to leave. They have access to resources they might not otherwise have access to. They might have more access to alimony, to child support, to other resources. And a husband in a plural marriage can't get away with ghosting a wife or with not giving her what should obviously be hers financially if she were to leave. It also would keep the husband in line and accountable and they will know if they do not do their best in their plural marriage, if they do not do things fairly and equally. If a wife does leave, legally she has a leg to stand on and legally the husband will be held to providing their share of the responsibility financially for their kids and for their wives and any of the women being abused as well in these situations might be less afraid to come forward if the marriages are legal and the women are protected. It then gives the women some power and some protection and some freedom and voice that they might not have otherwise. And Janelle is right about this. Christine was able to leave easily because she had an asset to sell to be able to leave. Janelle isn't in that same position and all of her finances are tied up with three other people. She can't just leave until she fights to get her fair share and the land is taken care of and she knows she isn't a legal wife. She has no legal leg to stand on unless she fights tooth and nail for it. Cody says his whole goal was to always have the wives each have their own assets. He says he married Janelle and Robin each own 25% of Coyote Pass. Janelle says Christine was able to leave and sell her house. She was able to start over again doing something different because she could sell the house that was in her name. And Janelle has no idea if she is even going to get anything. Mary explains that Janelle's name is on two pieces of the property at Coyote Pass. Her name is on one piece of the property on Coyote Pass, and neither of them own that piece of property outright. Mary says even with the conflict going on in the family right now, she still believes that the land will be divided up equally and fairly between the four of them. Janelle says if she could do anything, she would be knocking on the door saying, get yourself financially independent because then you have choices. And Janelle says that's not something that a lot of women in their culture think about. Janelle is right. I don't care what culture you're in. No one should let another person financially cover their life. And even in a marriage where the husband covers the wife financially, the wife should always work or find some way to be able to provide for herself independently. And she should always be able to pay for herself and pay for her own life and her own roof. Because if someone covers you and you cannot independently cover yourself financially, you really are handicapping yourself by taking away your independence and your freedom and your ability to rely on yourself. You're also removing your ability to choose if one day you 
want out and you can't handle your life financially. You're taking away your ability to choose to be free if you can't independently afford your own life yourself. You aren't free if you can't afford your own life yourself. And you take away your choice and you take away your options. Christine says one of the reasons Janelle is still with Cody is because of this, because she has nothing in her name. Obviously, Cody isn't going to bend over backwards to do the fair thing or the right thing by Mary or Janelle financially should they leave. Mary might naively think that Cody will just do the right thing, but I don't think so. Cody will do the bare minimum and then boast about how generous he is. Janelle knows she will have to fight to get anything close to what's fair and right. And Christine and Janelle both make it clear this episode that a big reason Janelle can't leave just yet and be done with her marriage is her financial situation and her entanglement with these people. And until the land is finally paid off, Janelle can't even begin to resolve it. And paying off the land is up to not only Janelle herself, but Mary, Robin, and Cody as well. And no one seems to be chomping at the bit but Janelle to resolve it and pay off the land. I can't imagine how suffocating that must feel to Janelle. She was always financially sound. She was the primary breadwinner of the whole family for decades. She made the family's budget work. She was the one who supported the whole family financially. So now she knows that she's done. She knows Cody doesn't appreciate her sacrifice. He refuses to reciprocate. And Janelle knows her freedom ultimately rests in Cody's hands. It rests in Cody participating with her in paying off this land with her. And she knows she can't leave until that happens. Her hands are tied. And there must be nothing that feels more suffocating than that. That does it for this episode. I'll be back next week with the next episode of Sister Wives. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Bye.